The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Welcome back. Hope you're doing well. Hope you had a uh, good weekend. Uh, we had a challenging weekend, dropping our youngest off at college. That uh, was exciting and horrible <laughs> all at the same time. And if you've been down that road, especially with your youngest, can I get an amen? Amen, yes, you understand. I mean, at one point, this is really... <laughs> you're thinking... Steve's just a tough guy. Uh, you don't know me very well. Uh, so I think it was Saturday. No, it was Sunday. We dropped her off Saturday. Sunday, I went out. I was helping our other son with something. Came back, pulled in, and we have a little parking pad near the bottom of the driveway, which is usually where she would park her car. That car went with her to school. And so I just pulled in and parked in that uh, open two-car slot uh, by myself, and then, like, a big baby started crying. That's <laughs> Oh, man. So I hope your weekend was emotionally more stable uh, than ours was at the Noble Residence. But uh, praise the Lord, and we're trusting God, and she's a great young woman. And we're excited to see what happens, but that's uh, never easy. Would you? Could you vote for a Hindu uh, to become the president of the United States? Did, we kind of faced that a little bit with Mitt Romney, did we not, back in the day? And that was an interesting debate for a lot of Christians, especially. Uh, can you vote for a Mormon? To be the president of the United States. Uh, and if you're a biblical Christian, then you know that Mormonism and biblical Christianity are not uh, brother and sister. They're not even kissing cousins. They are completely different uh, families of faith. They, it sounds the same. Mormonism, I often say the same, same vocabulary, totally different dictionary. Uh, so in, in that case, it, it's a it's a pseudo Christian thing. But in the case of Vivek Ramaswamy's Hinduism, uh, no, not even on the same planet or in the same universe. Uh, but he's doing much better in the polls and a young guy worth about a billion dollars and had an, a fabulous uh, run as a tech guy and uh, had a, a company that he uh, ran, a biotech investor, anti-woke warriors worth more than $950 million from Forbes. And uh, he, he before downturning the market, pulled him just under the billion-dollar threshold, according to Forbes calculations. Still, he appears to be the second wealthiest person competing in the Republican presidential primary behind uh, only Donald Trump. His fortune stems from a drug development company named Royvant Sciences, which went public in 2021. Its stock is up nearly 40% this year, boosting the value of Ramaswamy's 10% stake to roughly $600 million. And then he started an investment fund that was that was like basically an alternative to BlackRock. Uh, he wrote a book uh, that came out called Woke Inc. He's very anti-woke, very anti-ESG and uh, very much for religious freedom. And, and also will say and has said that America was founded on the Judeo-Christian ethic, which he believes in uh, as a general thing. And certainly not as a theological thing. And so a buddy of mine who's in the media world sent me uh, a text over the weekend 
uh, referencing an opinion piece at uh, CNN uh, written by what I'm going to take at face value as a conservative Christian. Believe it or not, at CNN. Uh, I don't know this person's relationship to CNN if they're on the payroll or what. They are in a certain, to a certain degree because they put their opinion piece in there. Christian conservatives betray their values in criticizing Ramaswamy's faith. Now, this is very interesting. Uh, and again, the fourth segment of the show, we'll talk to David Fisher. Uh, very interesting topic here because do we conflate your theology, your Christianity, and looking at other religions with your Americanism, your constitutionalism? And, and that's my problem with this particular article, uh, that, that it's, you have to kind of work through this stuff. You can't just throw it out there. It's discouraging, the writer says, to see some of my fellow conservatives attacking rising GOP presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy for his Hindu faith. It is wrong and un-American. It violates the spirit, if not the law, of the Constitution, and it could backfire on Christians as our share of the U.S. population dwindles. It's also entirely counterproductive for those who claim to support traditional values and religious liberty. Okay, I'll agree with you in one part, not the other. Ramaswamy is steadily climbing in Republican primary voter support, closing in on Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, which is why this Wednesday's debate is such a big deal. I'll talk about that tomorrow or Wednesday and the fact that Trump isn't going. Uh, closing in on Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in some polls uh, and neck and neck with him in the betting markets. He is also one of the candidates best positioned to further major conservative Christian agenda items. That's arguable. We don't know that because the guy's never served in, in public office. Conservatives claim to embrace originalist jurisprudence that holds faithfully to the letter of the Constitution and the founders intent. Yet those who criticize Ramaswamy because of his religion are undermining this core American document, which clearly states, quote, no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to any office or public trust in the United States, unquote, right from the Constitution. Yet it's clear that Ramaswamy is facing headwinds because of his faith. Uh, Abby Johnson, you guys would know her. She's the, the uh, subject of the movie Unplanned. She was a former darling at Planned Parenthood, left the movement, uh, and has been a pro-life warrior ever since. She said, uh, declared earlier this month on Flashpoint, a conservative television program, quote, our God will not be mocked. She's talking about by having Christians support what she described as a candidate who believed in many gods. And even though Ramaswamy is charismatic and says the right thing, she said, uh, he is not, quote, the right guy for the White House because he's Hindu, which is my question. Could you vote for a Hindu to be the president of the United States? If it was by some crazy twist of fate, Vivek Ramaswamy versus Joe Biden, essentially two non-believers, uh, would, would, if you're a Republican, if you're a conservative, would his Hinduism, Vivek's Hinduism, keep you from voting for him? Meanwhile, Hank Kuhneman, a pastor in the non-denominational Lord of Hosts Church in Omaha, Nebraska, attacked Ramaswamy in a recent sermon by saying that as president, he would be some dude put his hand on something other than the Bible who would put all his strange gods up in the White House. Just doesn't sound like a very well-spoken pastor, but, you know, that's what happens in the articles. It's like quoting people on Twitter. You just go find something that fits your narrative. Prominent conservative commentator Glenn Beck of the Blaze recently asked the candidate about GOP voters wary of his Hinduism. And I've personally spoken with multiple Christians who said it might deter their vote. They argue he would fail to acknowledge the true God's authority. They also told me as they fear Hinduism could rise in popularity and gain new converts at the expense of Christianity, which is not going to happen. So what do you do with that? Is he off your list? If he had a chance to vote for him, would you not because he's a Hindu? 
866-34-TRUTH is the number. 866-348-7884. I want something just like this. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. Just working uh, off of an article a friend in the media world uh, sent to me from CNN. Christian conservatives betray their values in criticizing Ramaswamy's faith. Uh, the author of this piece making this point. Uh, Conservatives claim to embrace originalist jurisprudence that holds faithfully to the letter of the Constitution and the Founders' intent, yet those who criticize Ramaswamy because of his religion are undermining this core American document, which clearly states no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to any office or public trust under the United States. That's, by the way, at the federal level, that's the Constitution's for. The uh, various states did have uh, requirements of a Christian de- a declaration of faith in order to run for office. And, and by the way, that was uh, the rub for a lot of people, that, why they were nervous about the Constitution, the Anti-Federalists, chiefly because they were thinking we're, we're, making the, we're giving the federal government way too much power here, and they're going to trounce all over the states. And that was the concern when the Danbury Baptist Association wrote a letter to Thomas Jefferson worried about government intrusion on the faith decisions on state levels and local levels. And that's when he said, no, 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 there's a wall of separation. Between the church and the state, which the words, by the way, that do not appear in the Declaration nor in the Constitution. I tell my students that every year. If you can find this, the words dec- uh, separation of church and state in the Constitution, I'll go down to the bank and get you $5,000 in cash and give it to you. And I'll never have to worry about that because it's not in there. So, uh, but that doesn't mean you can't use um, your perspective of the individual candidate based on religious grounds. And if you don't want a Mormon in there, you don't vote for a Mormon. You don't want a Hindu, you don't want, you don't vote for a Hindu. You don't you don't want a Catholic, you don't want a Protestant, you don't want a believer, you don't want an atheist. That has nothing to do with the US Constitution. The Constitution is saying you can't tell them they can't run for office because of their faith or lack thereof. That's a religious test. But as an individual voter, you can apply as many religious tests as you want. You can apply a test based on IQ, you can apply a test based on worldview, you can apply a test based on uh, their policies, their experience. Uh, their hair color, whether they use a spray on tan or not, whether they went to college or not, whatever. You can do whatever you want when it comes to a personal test for a candidate, which is the point. 866-348-7884 if you'd like to chime in on Vivek Ramaswamy and his Hinduism. If Trump's out, if if, if it comes down to it and you can only vote for Vivek and Tim Scott and Ron DeSantis in a primary... And you like everything Vivek's been saying, but would his Hinduism keep you from voting for him? Because that's what's going on in this CNN piece. Is there like these people are saying, nope, I'm not going to put somebody in there who believes in many gods. That's not going to bring God's blessing. As a matter of fact, it might, it might hurt the country. To which I say, how many of the 46 presidents that we've had do you think were actually born-again Christians? And every time they weren't, which is the overwhelming majority, then... Uh, What do you do with that? God's blessings versus God's cursings for putting somebody in the presidential office that's not a Christian. Uh, so what's the deal? And if you want to chime in on that, we've got two more segments, and then we're going to talk to David, who's back from a, an extended uh, vacation. Good for he and his wife, their family. It was awesome, but he'll be back in the fourth segment. So we'll do a little Money Monday update then. Uh, but if you want to chime in on this in terms of a religious test, from your perspective, could you put a Hindu in the White House? And if it came down to Vivek Ramaswamy, the Hindu, uh, young billionaire Hindu, and Joe Biden, 
would you just bow out? Because you're not going to vote for Biden, but you can't vote for a Hindu. Is that what it would be for you? If you want to chime in on that, I'd love to hear from you. 866-348-7884 or 866-34-TRUTH. And if you're like, hey, man, I, I, I don't like that he's a Hindu. I, I'm sad for him as an individual, but if he's going to do a good job as president, what do I care? And he is for religious freedom, and he does say he agrees that America was based on a Judeo-Christian ethic, which he agrees with, except for the you know, Christian part. But from a, from a country's perspective. Hinduism, just a little 101 here, one of my uh, websites that I go to a lot for really kind of easy access information on theology stuff. It's called gotquestions.org. It's very good. Gotquestions.org. Hinduism is one of the oldest known organized religions. Its sacred writings date as far back as 1400 to 1500 BC. It's also one of the most diverse and complex, having millions of gods. Hindus have a wide variety of core beliefs and exist in many different sects. Although it is, in the, it is the third largest religion in the world, Hinduism exists primarily in, Hindu and, in India and Nepal. Though Hinduism is often understood as being polytheistic, supposedly recognizing as many, many as 330 million gods, it also has one god that is supreme, Brahma. Brahma is an entity believed to inhabit every portion of reality and existence throughout the entire universe. Brahma is both impersonal and unknowable, and is often believed to exist in three separate forms. Brahma, creator, Vishnu, the preserver, and Shiva, the destroyer. Uh, Hindu theology, all over the map. I mean, it can be considered monistic, only one thing exists. Uh, pantheistic, only one divine thing exists so that God is identical to the world. That's Brahmaism. Pantheistic, the world is part of God. Uh, theistic, only one God distinct from creation. Observing other schools, Hinduism can also be atheistic, deistic, or even nihilistic. It's all over the map. Hinduism views mankind as divine, if you're wondering about salvation for a Hindu. Because Brahma is everything. Hinduism asserts that everyone is divine. Atman, or self, is one with Brahman. All of reality outside of Brahman is considered mere illusion. The spiritual goal of a Hindu, this is what Vivek believes, is to become one with Brahma, thus ceasing to exist in its illusory form of individual self. This freedom is referred to as moksha. Until moksha is achieved, a Hindu believes that he or she will be repeatedly reincarnated in order that he or she may work towards self-realization of the truth. How a person is reincarnated is determined by, remember, karma, which is a principle of cause and effect governed by nature's balance. What one did in the past affects and corresponds with what happens in the future, past and future lives included. Although this is just a brief synopsis, it's readily seen that Hinduism is in opposition to biblical Christianity and almost every count of its core belief system, which is true, right? Obviously. So karma determines uh, what happens to you in the next life, and you keep going until you uh, become nothing. You become one with Brahma, and you cease to exist ultimate peace right so that's Ramaswamy. yet vivek is like hey man i'm all about religious liberty i know that the uh the founding of this nation was based on a judeo-christian ethic which i happen to agree with uh he's, he offers a compelling reason response to liberal critics who smear uh, us conservative christians as christian nationalists this is kind of funny for supporting traditional values quote i'm an ardent defender of religious liberty ramaswamy told the ap I will be an even more vocal and unapologetic defender of it precisely because no one is going to accuse me of being a Christian nationalist. <laughs> it's pretty sharp. And Ramaswamy not only recognizes but honors American biblical underpinnings. 
Quote, we are a nation founded on Judeo-Christian values, Ramasamy said. During a town hall hosted by News Nation, here's what I can say with confidence. I share those same values. I believe I live by those values more so than many self-proclaimed Christian politicians. Which could be true. Back to the article, he's correct. Knowledge of the context of the United States founding becomes meaningless when a candidate isn't willing to continue that legacy. Ramaswamy, however, cherishes the Judeo-Christian value system. The same can't be said for all of his competitors, which is probably true. And then I want to do this lastly, uh, according to a Pew Research Center, uh, about being a, is being a, a Christian an important part of being truly American? Would you? How about this one? Would you want to declare America a Christian nation? Warning, Will Robinson. I don't think that's a very good idea. We'll talk about that when we come back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show, looking at uh, some recent Republican presidential nomination polling. Uh, I'm just going to go through these numbers. This is just uh, in the past, really the last pretty much week. So these are all pretty fresh. And I'm going to go in order of Trump, then DeSantis, then Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy and everyone in most of these polls had had passed uh, Pence and Haley and Christie and Tim Scott. And these are national polls and take them with a whole lot of grains of salt because all this stuff is almost meaningless at this point. But it's interesting for the sake of the conversation. So the most recent one, Trump 62, DeSantis 16, Ramaswamy 7. Uh, next one, 51, 10, and 6. The Emerson poll has Trump at 56, DeSantis at 10, and Ramaswamy at 10. Tied. Fox News, Trump at 53, DeSantis at 16, Ramaswamy at 11. If you go back a few weeks or a couple of months, Ramaswamy was down at around zero. Okay, so he's really picked up. He's getting some great press. He's uh, given some pithy, sharp answers here and there. A uh, lot of red meat for conservatives. Uh, Quinnipiac, Trump 57, DeSantis 18, Ramaswamy 5. DeSantis has pretty much come down. Ramaswamy's gone up. And so we'll see what happens. Then Wednesday night, this Wednesday night, the Fox News debate with everybody pretty much except for Trump, which is a whole other issue. I'll probably talk about that tomorrow if I have time. By the way, Wednesday is going to be a great show. The day of the debate, I'm not talking about the the debate on Wednesday because Ann Graham Lotz, Billy's uh, daughter, Ann Graham Lotz, will be in here with her daughter, Rachel Ruth. They've got a new book that just came out. So they're going to be in the studio with me on Wednesday. That should be awesome. I've, I've known Ann for years. I know Rachel Ruth just a little bit here and there. Ann's been on the show many times. This will be Rachel Ruth's first time on. So looking forward to that. That's this Wednesday. Uh, so don't miss that. And, and uh, whenever you have the Graham family in, it's going to be good. <laughs> so that'll, that'll be awesome. Looking forward to that. But maybe I'll talk about the debate stuff uh, tomorrow. But today, just Ramaswamy. So if you wanted to uh, chime in on that, still got time, this segment. The fourth segment, we'll talk to David Fisher, who's uh, back from his long vacation. God bless him. And so we'll do a little Money Monday update with him. And uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll do a full show, and there'll be plenty to talk about. And uh, he talked to some interesting people while he was over there on the other side of the pond. So I'm, we'll see if he brings some of that in today. But talking about Ramaswamy and, and basically working off this article from CNN, uh, written by a conservative Christian, it's like it's – opened it up and said, it's discouraging to see some of my fellow conservatives attacking rising GOP presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy for his Hindu faith. It's wrong and un-American. 
It violates the spirit, if not the law, of the Constitution, and it could backfire on Christians as our share of the U.S. population dwindles. Okay, let me just deal with that real quick. Then I'm going to get to some of this really interesting polling on this subject. Because the reason I bring polling in about the beliefs of Americans, Christians and non-Christians, is it's important to, to understand the surroundings in which God has placed you so that you can be a more effective witness. You can operate more effectively when you know who's all around you and what they think. So that you're not assuming everybody thinks like you, because actually, if you're a if you're a, a biblical Christian, there are very few people in this country that think like you, and the uh, number is shrinking, but not forever. So, uh, discouraging to see some of my fellow conservatives attacking rising GOP presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy for his Hindu faith. It's wrong and un-American. It violates the spirit, if not the law, of the Constitution. Okay, it doesn't. People attacking Ramaswamy, if you want to call it that are just uh, condemning his religion, Hinduism, or saying he shouldn't be the president because he's a Hindu, that does not violate uh, the spirit nor the law of the U.S. Constitution. There is, there is no religious test for federal office. And so you can't say, hey, if you're not a Christian or, or a self-professed Christian, you can't run for office. That would be a problem. If somebody said, if some, some Christian said, and they love the Constitution and they love America, hashtag America, if they said, I don't think we should allow a Hindu to run for any office, Yes, then your thinking would be in violation of the same document that you say you swear allegiance to. And that's a problem. That's just ignorance. Okay. Now, from a Christian perspective, that's a different story. And as an individual voter, that's a different story. You can use a religious, a religious test all you want. If you want, as an individual, you can use a Catholic Protestant test. If you want, you could use a test. Of, do you believe in speaking of the tongues? Do you believe in speaking of tongues as a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, proving that you are, in fact, born again? Uh, you don't? Okay, I can't vote for you. you. You can do that. I think you're a fool, but you can do that. <laughs> That's not in violation of the letter of the law or anything else. That's part of being an American. P apply whatever test you want to when it comes to voting. That's your deal. It's your business. It's your, your prerogative. But to say this is decidedly un-American and un-Christ-like, no. I mean, I, I can sit there and say, unfortunately for Vivek uh, Ramaswamy, he's part of a false religion that's going to lead him to hell. And that's sad. I don't, I don't take any joy in that. It's a total bummer. And I hope, even though he says he ascribes and agrees with Judeo, the Judeo-Christian values of this country and traditional values, that's great from a political standpoint, from a, a governance standpoint, but that, that and a cup of coffee is not going to do him squat when, when he dies. That's the bigger issue from an individual made in the image of God who Jesus died for. That's a much bigger issue. So I, with this article, I'm like, yeah, you're, you're, that's too much of a limited view. But check this out. According to the Pew Research Center, this is in the article, 53% of conservative Republicans say being Christian is an important part of being truly American. Uh, what? <laughs> just listen. Just consider that for a second. 53% of conservative Republicans. I'd have to go look at this research myself. 53% of conservative Republicans say being Christian is an important part of being truly American. Uh, no, the whole point of the founding fathers is that you didn't need to be a Christian in order to be truly American. You can be any religion or none and believe in the freedom of others to experience the same. That would make you truly American. So if you think being an, a, a Christian is an important part of being, quote unquote, truly American, you don't understand the country. OK, you got to be able to deal with your Christianity over here and your constitutional Americanism over here. 
Okay, they're not the same thing. So that was, I thought, whoa, what? Here's another one. 61% of Republicans support declaring the United States as a Christian nation. How could you do that? <laughs> you can say, and we've had founding fathers say, and we've had Supreme Court justices say, that in the whole, when you look at it in its entirety, America, in terms of what's influenced her development originally, uh, was a quote-unquote Christian nation. A Christian civic worldview dominated the founding fathers, uh, many of whom were deists and then Enlightenment Christians. You know, out of 56 that signed the Declaration of Independence, after all the studying and reading I've done for the past 20 years, I'd say probably maybe 10 of them. I'd sit down and have coffee with them and go, oh, yeah, Jesus is your Lord and Savior. That's obvious. I mean, just by, based on everything else you'd say. Some of them I'd say, yeah, no, uh, Thomas Jefferson. No, you're not a Christian. You, yes, Steve, I am. <laughs> Tom, you're not. What? Listen to what you just said, sir. You said you don't believe Jesus is the son of God. You don't. He wasn't divinely born. He wasn't born of a virgin. He didn't resurrect. You can't be, you call yourself a Christian all you want, but you're not. You deny the very tenets and the essence of the faith. You're not a Christian. Yes, I am. <laughs> okay, have a nice day. And other people are like, yeah, Adolf Hitler was a Christian too. More, there's been more death in the last uh, thousand years at the hands of Christians than any other religion. Well, you're ignorant. You don't understand. Uh, if the real answer there is atheistic regimes in the 1900, about 120 million at the hand of atheistic regimes, not Christians. These are just ignorant people. But but I I get worked up at this point in my life when people start conflating Christianity with the United States of America. Uh, this person said, I disagree, even though I'd love to see more growth in American Christianity. I agree. America was started in part because of bloody religious persecution in Europe, and our founders wanted a respite from state-mandated religions. Absolutely. Not to mention that Jesus commanded us to render, therefore, unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things which are God's, making a clear division between church and state. Uh, true. That's not to say, and this is an article in CNN, which is interesting, isn't it? That's not to say faith and religion aren't compatible with politics. Indeed, they are perfect complements. Quote, of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, George Washington wrote in his farewell address, religion and morality are indispensable sports. Okay, that, that's all over the place for founding fathers. Religion and morality. If you're going to have this form of government, a representative republic, you do not live in a democracy you don't want to. You live in a representative republic. And, and if you're going to have that with as much liberty and as much freedom as we have, then you better have a whole bunch of your citizens with some type of, some type of an internal moral clock. Otherwise, uh, as Edmund Burke says, their passions would forge their fetters. And it's like a country of a, a made up of 340 million sixth grade boys, which is a total train wreck because they have no internal compass. Right. They're just wild. And that's what the founding father said. You're going to have as much freedom as this is setting up. Religion and morality are indispensable supports. Well, what religion are you talking about in the late 1700s in the American context? Uh, to quote uh, Joe Biden, oh, that would be Christianity. Like it or not, that's just accurate history. And all the founding fathers don't have to be born again Christians in order for that to be true or valuable or important. So th this is where I think we all need to study up you can join me on Noble U if you'd like, NobleUschool.com. Study up so that you can handle biblical, religious, theological implications versus constitutional implications. Goodness gracious. If you're pretty good at that, you're in like the top 5% of the country, which is where we need to be. 
We'll be right back with David Fisher. This is Steve Noble. Don't go anywhere. Can you put something on there? Tell him nobody's in there. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble. Hey, uh, talking to our buddies in the other part of the state. Uh, trying to get David Fisher on. It looks like they're having some struggles with the phone. I see him, but he's not gotten connected yet. So uh, hopefully if you can hear me over there in the studio in the other part of North Carolina, are we going to be cool here? Can we get him going? We lost him again. Let's see. Working on Don't you love live radio? Not always. Can get his call mm -hmm. that's a problem uh maybe we switch to uh zoom let me try that right quick oh you can't do that that's a bummer oh there's one there oh hey david hey steve <laughs> I hear you. You hear me? I hear you. <laughs> uh, I don't know how that just happened, but praise the Lord it did. How are you, my friend? Welcome back. I'm doing great. A little bit of, well, a lot of bit of jet lag, and, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm so glad I'm on U.S. soil, and I'm so yes. glad uh, I'm on your program. Yeah, jet lag is a very weird thing. Not a lot of fun, <laughs> yeah. to say the least. No. Like, where am I and when am I? <laughs> Not great. Uh, this is so funny, David. Welcome back. We've missed you. And before we dive in and talk about the scripture, the interesting scripture you chose, uh, I doubt you you have any clue, for the most part, what I was talking about on today's show. Uh, no. But I was, I was talking about Vivek Ramaswamy, who's obviously running in the Republican primary, and, and based on an article out of CNN where a it looked like a conservative Christian writer is like, yeah, a lot of Christians are bashing the fact that Vivek is a Hindu and they can't vote for him and he shouldn't run for office because of that. And lo and behold, here you show up with John 524 uh, with Jesus saying what he did in this passage. So God just likes to take what you're thinking and what he's speaking to you and then meld it into whatever I'm doing on the show. And neither one of us knows it until you get on the air. And here we are. So praise the Lord for that. Uh, John 524. Let's start there. I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. So for those uh, wondering where I was at, I was in Europe, specifically Germany, uh, visiting a dear friend, a brother in the Lord, who's one of the head physicians at NATO, and went through a bunch of German towers, churches, and we also spent some time in, in uh, Paris, and I went to uh, the Versailles Palace uh, with uh, King Louis there, who built that. Uh, I got a whole new perspective on death and, and heaven. Hmm. Uh, and I'm not a uh, guy who loves the arts and, you know, looks at paintings, and, you know, even though I saw so many of it. Uh, I saw Napoleon's tomb, and I was rewinded how he thought he was the greatest person at that time, and he thought he would never even die and avoid death, yet I saw his tomb, some of the greatest people 
uh, we will always face death. So I, yeah. I obviously I knew that, but that was just a, a really staunch reminder of that. Yeah. You know, we we're going to all face death. But I was reminded when I was in Versailles that there was this one painting of Jesus with his disciples, and it was like it, f- fantastic painting. And then you look to the the ceiling, and the whole roof is painted with heaven. And the tour guide said to me. Look at the two different ways they painted this picture. It's like it's one-dimensional where you see Jesus and the disciples on earth, and it doesn't have a lot of movement or emotion, even though Jesus is significant. But look at heaven, how active it is, how full of life. And I was just, I never saw the dichotomy. And so I want to say to all the listeners that, Heaven is such a real place. I got a whole new perspective of yeah. seeing it, and even though I'm not an artistic guy, uh, I saw that firsthanded in the emotion of heaven in a painting on the ceiling of a, a huge palace that's well known. Yeah, what a great observation by a guy that probably the, the tour guide probably was not a believer. Just odds are, and and we right. often think of this. I've, I've heard some teaching on this not that long ago where they. The pastor, whoever it was, was talking about we, we tend to think of life here on the area on the earth as what's real. And then yeah. heaven, the afterlife is more surreal. But he said the act, the, the, the truth is actually the reverse of that, because uh, the spiritual, the heavenly existed prior to material world. And so this this earth is is not the real thing. And heaven is the shadow. It's the reverse. Heaven is the real thing. Earth is the shadow. And, and that's so important to remember because that we cling so desperately to life for so many different reasons. Uh, when you when you start to really understand what the scripture teaches us about heaven, you ultimately would be like like Paul to live as Christ and to die as gain. I'd much rather be with with Christ right now in heaven. Get me out of here. But that's not my decision. Uh, just like David understood with Saul. That's, I, I'm not taking matters into my own hands. I trust the Lord there. But what a great observation, David, for all of us. To remember that uh, heaven is so much more alive than your best day on earth. Uh, Absolutely. That's really encouraging. But you guys had a good trip? I had a great trip. It was very active. You know, we went to (laughs) six different uh, flights, five hotels in five cities, two train rides, a boat ride. So many croissants wow. and crepes I can't even imagine, <laughs> and sweets, and, uh, and now I got to go on a diet. But uh, oh boy. lots of churches, parks, uh, palaces, <laughs> tours, and just had a blast. But I'm so glad uh, we did twelve to fifteen thousand steps a day, so it was oh a lot goodness. of activity. But wow. uh, I'm so glad to be on U.S. soil, even though we have our challenges in the United States. Yes. I'm so blessed to be an American and. Glad to be a part of the United States. Amen. And speaking of that, you're back uh, from over there and, and the United States and, and the U.S. dollar. And we've talked about that a lot. And other countries moving away from that. That wasn't so much the situation in Europe, but in certain other parts of the world. And they're moving in that direction. But any new agreements between countries uh, trading outside of the dollar and just kind of saying, yeah, we're done with you? Yeah, India and the United Arab Emirates uh, signed a deal in July implemented the deal last week uh, was uh, the deal was saying we're going to circumvent any trades between our country no longer in dollars and we're going to trade in our currency either the rupee wow. or the united arab emirates currency um and here's what they did a test run with 800 about 800 ounces of gold they set up a whole new system called the local currency system both countries set up through their own central bank 
the Indian uh, Reserve Central Bank and also the United Arab Emirates Central Bank. So they got this system that worked. They ran a trade of 800 physical ounces of gold that was sold from the United Arab Emirates gold exporter to a purchaser, a buyer in India. And then last week, a trade of a million barrels of oil was Hmm. done uh, that uh, India bought from the United Arab Emirates. And, you know, this all came about of what the Mohammed, uh, 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 the, uh, the finance minister said, I forget his last name, said in January uh, that we're going to trade oil and other commodities outside of the dollar. So this is just the start of many. The system now set up. They've done two mm-hmm. major trades. And uh, there's going to be, I found the article saying there's going to be many more real-time um, payments and cross-border trading wow. transactions between the two countries. Big, yeah, we don't. We news. don't. That's a big, big deal. We don't need your stinking dollars, and that's going to eventually those chickens are going to come home to roost. What about uh, you talked about BRICS before? So remind us about that. But there's a big, big BRICS conference happening uh, this week. Yeah, it's coming out tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, BRICS stands for Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, but there's about 30 other countries that have joined in. Uh, this announcement, many have speculated that they're going to say we're going to have a new currency that's going to be backed by gold. Some say it's going to be this huge news. Some say it's going to be just the no news at all. It's just a big hoopla. And some say it's just the start where the door is now going to open to where they're going to start actually trading in amongst their countries outside of the dollar. Here's, I'm going to speculate. Here's what I think is going to happen. I don't think they're going to come out and say we have a physical paper currency ready to go and be used on you know by the end of next end of this week i think they'll get there in a year to three years i think they're going to and which will be convertible to gold i think they're going to say we have a system in place all the countries that want to join us now can join us Uh, they're going to cite probably what happened in india and united arab emirates because those countries they're able to save between five to ten percent on the transaction when the dollar's not involved so they're going to come out with this format they're going to talk about how the systems are all set up in place or working on it they're going to explain how here's how you can be a part of BRICS, and i think this is going to be the threshold of a major change uh towards moving towards a currency that will definitely half the world will be no longer using the dollar oh, in major purchases. This is half the world yeah, is already the countries that are part of BRICS. Yeah, we need to pay such massive attention to that. And then gold and silver, of course, and we'll, we'll re-engage next week. But real quick update on what gold and silver are doing. J.P. Morgan Chase says record highs in the next 12 to 18 months continue on from there. The Franklin Templeton, Steve Land is saying get ready for a big push-up in gold. I can go on and on. Central banks have bought the most amount of gold the first half of the year, and it's going back 50 years. Call my company and learn about how to get get some information. And on details of this, the number 844-604-2575. Again, 844-604-2575 or landmarkgold.com. God bless you, brother. Thanks for calling in. Get some rest. We'll talk to you next week. We appreciate you as always. God bless you. It's good to have you back. This is Steve Noble on The Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward. Another program powered by The Truth Network.